XQ, folks. XQ quality. Better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Episode 171 of Channel Massive. Welcome, people. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you for coming. Thank you for downloading our little show. Welcome. I'm Noah. (laughs) I am Count Dracula. (laughs) I bid you adieu. Oh, wait. I bid you hello. (laughs) (laughs) Come on in. Yes, yes. You got a two-person show this week. As you may recall from our last week's episode, we were just about getting ready to have a LAN party where we were going to play Dota, the original Dota, and other Warcraft 3 mods. That did happen. It was successful. Yes, it was successful, but we're going to wait to share our stories of what happened. And there are a few until we have a new special guest next week named Dinara. Dinara. Daenerys. (laughs) You can imagine (laughs) as Daenerys. Yeah, if it helps you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or just know that she's a a very, let's see, a big fan of playing Dota regularly. She's quite a big fan, as is her husband. Yes, who got her into it. So that's, that's her teaser. But for this week... Since Denara can't be with us this week, we are going to talk about some big news. Of course, over the weekend, it was BlizzCon 2011, yeah. and there's some... We're not going to, you know, give you a read-the-patch-notes type of discussion there. We're going to... Oh, yes, we are. That interested us. <laughs> and then we're going to get into one other story that developed the week prior, but we still want to talk about because they're an important developer. We're going to talk about CCP and their current issues and future plans, and them being, those plans being at risk. Yeah. Before we get into those cool roundtable topics, we are going to be telling you what we've been playing, as well as get into some great emails from you that were sent over the last week. If you have any new f- emails that you want to send in to us about episode 170, or this one, 171, send them into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We always love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook or even leave a comment for us over on the website. All of yep. those work very well. And if you're listening to this one and you didn't listen to 170, go back and download it because we had Ryan, who was a former professional gamer, and it was one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done just to get a sense for what that kind of counterculture lifestyle is all about and what how you do that and these people actually exist. So it was one of my favorite episodes and I, I'd highly encourage you to listen to it. Yeah. It's, it's basically a, a big old interview. Yeah. All these cool anecdotes and stories about how he got into it and what he said that he still, the bug hasn't really left him because he's getting into playing Starcraft two more competitively and professionally. And he, you know, he, he tells me about the hardware that he uses and it's, 
often Razer stuff. He's like, oh, I just got the Black Widow keyboard, and I'm so happy about that. And he's telling me about what mouse he's got and all this other stuff. And it's just like, wow, it's it's really cool. And he's a really cool guy. So definitely listen to it. Tell us what you think. Let us know if you have any extra questions for Ryan, and we can have him back on and talk yeah. about some more. He's virtually in the neighborhood, so it'll be easy to yes. do. All that said, that's our intro, and now we're going to get into what we've been playing. Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. Someone to love This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. So this is the part of the show where we talk about what we've been playing. Now, normally I would surprise Noah by saying, Noah, what have you been playing? But this time around, I'll I'll go ahead and pony up with my my week's worth of adventures since last we tuned in. Uh, so let's see. I continue to play that damn tower defense game on my iPhone, which is in hard mode right now. And it's taking me like I'm, I'm averaging about one week per map right now. Um, and there's like 60 of them. So it's definitely been well worth the three or four dollars that it costs me, I think. You really are a hardcore fan of that game. I am. I love it. It's it's so awesome. And now I can't think of the actual name of it, but it's an iPhone app called um, Tower Defense something or other. I'll I'll find out exactly. <laughs> Feel so bad. Usually I have it on the tip of my tongue, but it's a really forgettable like. It's um, generic just, name. It's so it. generic. It's like Tower Defense, the defense of the tower, or something stupid. You know? <laughs> So um, I'm continuing to play that and loving it, um, and I've been temporarily unable to play the um, Star Wars The Old Republic beta, which is driving me crazy because I was really enjoying it, but they're retooling or something like that. And so we're, it's like any any second now it's going to resume, but I'm totally unable to do that. Um, I just started playing some League of Legends again after a kind of hiatus, and also, I've been playing on Steam. I've been playing Beat Hazard, um, which I find to be just totally hilarious. Although, as Noah said, it does eventually get kind of repetitive. But it's cool to just play with all the techno music and just the crazy amounts of stuff coming at you. It's kind of like a if you could imagine um, asteroids on crack. It's kind of like that with the dubstep for a background at times with the music. But it's pretty cool. Um, that pretty well sums it up, except for Dota last week, but we will talk about that in our next podcast. That's it for me. Noah, what the hell have you been doing? <laughs> Playing DS, of course. Uh, <laughs> I finished yeah. my last game. I finished Monster Tail, which was a game that I started in the summer and then stopped to play Kirby Mass Attack and maybe something else. I'm not sure. But I'd stopped at a boss that was giving me some trouble, and, well, I went back and played it and played it, and I finished it. And it was a great little game. It's both kid-friendly and adult-friendly, you know, and the 
vein of traditional Super Mario type games where they have broad appeal. Except it's more like it's kind of like a a monster RPG mixed with Metroid, and that the game world is a big map that you crisscross back and forth as you get more abilities. And then oh, you have this cool. one monster that's with you, and as you fight and as you pick up items like fruit and cookies and books and toys, those pop up on the bottom screen, so you send your monster down there. And depending on what items the monster interacts with, he'll go down different branches of an evolutionary tree. And so he might go into a form that's more tanky but is water-based, or he'll go into a form that's uh, more speed-based but it's grass. Or there's also fire forms. And then as you get later in the game, certain monsters have elemental traits themselves. So in order to really have a strong attack with your monster, you have to switch his form around or give him, make him use the appropriate attack. And in addition to that, you're controlling your own little character. It's kind of like a Mega Man character, except it's a girl with a purse. (laughs) Mega gal. Yeah. She hits people with her satchel, and she also has a bracelet blaster, and so she has a bunch of moves, Mm. too. So it's really cool. Cool story. Great, great music. So after I stopped that, I started playing 999, which is, I think it's nine persons, nine hours, nine doors. And it's it's kind of like an adventure game in the oldest sense in that there's a lot of text. There's lots of text describing how people move, how their facial reactions are. When something's violently gross, it like will go over the details. Like, and the intestines were strewn about and shredded like spaghetti, oh, and there's God. blood all over the. And it was just like, <laughs> whoa! It's 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 pretty graphic. It's very dark. And what it is is like there's these nine people who are trapped on a highly modified cruise ship. They don't know why they were selected. They were all knocked out with this white gas by a dude in a gas mask who talks with the voice modifier. He's kidnapped them all, put them on this cruise ship, and they have to find a way to get off, except they have bombs inside of them and all this other stuff going on. It's it's really sadistic and not what you'd expect from a right. DS game. And there's puzzles in it that are kind of like, I don't know, kind of like Professor Layton. There's math puzzles and stuff like that. And what's even really cool and this would be cool for anybody who's a sci-fi fan, is there's, like, stuff that you learn about science and pseudoscience. Like, there's this one lecture that one of the characters goes off on about um, telemorphic telepathy (laughs) or something like that. I can't remember what the term is, but it's basically this concept where this British television show showed this abstract painting to you that's just black and white random shapes, but if you know how to look at it, you know that it's actually a picture of an animal or a person. But when you first look at it, you can't tell what it is. And so what they did is they showed it to a bunch of people, and then they showed them what the answer was. And then they went overseas to the U.S. and Asia to people that didn't see the show at all, showed them the picture, and only like, I don't know, 3% of the people got it right. And what they found was when they so they actually didn't show what the solution was of the picture until after they did that interview Uh then they went back and interviewed another set of new people that had never seen the show and the picture that they'd revealed went from a three percent recognition to a 12 percent recognition so it's this weird concept of how 
there's this weird uh, mass telepathy connection somehow. And so it's pseudoscience, but it's like, wow, it's really interesting. And then they were talking, there's another lecture about glycerin and how it could never be crystallized. And then one day they were shipping it somewhere. And when they pulled it out, they're like, wow, it's crystallized. Well, let's break a chunk of this crystal off because we can use it as a seed crystal to get the, the glycerin crystallized. And apparently, and I, I haven't researched this, I want to now that I read about it, um, they could never, ever, ever get glycerin to crystallize, whether they heated it or they, they uh, tried to freeze it, they can never get it to crystallize. But after that one time where they don't know why it crystallized, <laughs> glycerin all over the world, no matter what, whether it touches seed or not, has been able to crystallize. Oh, that's weird. Which is another weird concept that's kind of similar, too. So there's this weird scientific stuff going on in the background related to the psychology of these people who don't really know each other that are trying to get off the ship. And the thing is, is you have to make choices because there's all these doors that are in um, the ship, except the only way you can open them is with the digital route, which is like you take four numbers, like one plus two plus three plus four, which is what, ten? And then the resulting right. number... You add the two digits of 10 together, you keep shrinking it down until you get one digit. So with 10, it's 1 plus 0, so you get 1. So the digital root of 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4 is 1. So there's a door that has like a 1 on it. That only that means only a certain number of the people in your nine-people group can go through the door. And depending on who you go with, changes the story and what happens. So it's so cool. Oh, wow, that is cool, yeah. And dark and scientific. Yeah, yeah. So Always good. I know it's a lengthy explanation of a DS game, but I really feel like some of our listeners, regardless if they only play on PC, would find this game highly entertaining. Yeah, totally. And what's the title on that one? 999. 999. Okay. Yeah. Highly Gosh. recommended. And there's just lots of text. It's like you're playing an old Zork game or oh, something like that. Cool. It's like, I mean, there's pictures and there's animation. It's basic computer animation here and there, but there's just a lot of story and dialogue that's written out, and it's just like, wow, I'm reading a book and solving a mystery, and it's, it's super cool. That's and, yeah, that yeah. like an interactive novel sort of. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cool. With puzzles, yeah. So. Right. Oh, that's awesome. And I have not played any League of Legends <laughs> for like weeks. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, what happened? It feels so weird, and I've really wanted to because there's some really cool stuff that's been happening over there. But I've been preparing for the LAN party and just haven't had time for much except for 15 minutes of DS games here and there. Oh, and I yeah. you know played a little bit of PS3. So right. some Uncharted, which is really good. And I downloaded some games from the PSN store, which is really bad. 360, yeah. Xbox, unequivocally has the best online store after Steam. I mean, Sony's store is only slightly better than Nintendo's store, and Nintendo's store really sucks. Well, so let me look up your... Let me look up your credit card number. Let's see, 4427-56. Uh, oh, sorry. I apologize. I shouldn't have said that on the air. Um, yeah, that's 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 what I'd heard, but it's great to hear that it truly does. Well, it's like they up. split up the game purchase from the demo purchase. So there's all these games that I want to try out, but right. I couldn't find an easy way to search for it. So I'm like, like I wanted to download a demo of Flower. And it's like, here, it's one of our most popular games. Here it is. Only the game for purchase version of it. I had to dig and dig and dig until I could find the other equivalent of it that's just the demo. Whereas in 360 Store, if you go to check out a game, it's like, buy the game now or download the demo. And just I such love a that. simple, dumb idea. And it's like, Sony, you have 
been working on online stuff for years. Yeah. have SOE and all this other stuff, and you can't figure this crap out? It's like, wow. Well, and, and Steam seems to have figured it out, too. Maybe it's just an American thing. It's America. We talk American in America. <laughs> well, cool. Well, thanks for um, that summary. I've uh, I've just put up a cool optical illusion in the show notes for you to check out. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I'll have, to, well, I'll have to put that up after you <laughs> post the article for people to blow their minds. Yeah. It's one of those things, listeners, where it's an array of a bunch of dots with some funky colors and contrast, where if you stare at the middle of it, the dots seem to be moving. Yeah, it looks it looks like things are moving, but they're, they can't be, but there's motion going on. How can it be? It's insane. It's not <laughs> the one I was looking for, but something you said made me think of it. But anyway... <laughs> Shall we uh, move on to our mailbag? Hell yeah, that's up next. Hell yeah. We have a couple of pieces of email from our wonderful listeners. First up from Ace Regal. I Eagle call him Astro Gel. Oh, but Astro Gel. <laughs> it's not spelled that way, but I can see <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Or Ace Regal. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry, Astragal. My username is also often misinterpreted to be Bahan. But actually, <laughs> it's supposed to be Bane, but nobody ever gets it right. Well, anyway. that's because you have an H in there. The H is silent and underscores the uh, hard A. As I like. <laughs> sure. All right, Ace Reboards. <laughs> League of Legends is ruining my life, and I blame you fuckers. By the way, your audio is a little better. It's loud enough I can understand you guys while driving, but I still got to have the stereo up all the way. Thanks for the adjustment. Hey, man. Uh, from one commuter to another, thanks for listening to us while you drive around. That's what yeah. actually started uh, started me wanting to do this podcast. This whole thing. Was because of my horrible commute and nothing to do except fill it up with podcasts. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> So we have a USB drive in the glove box. Yep, USB, USB drive. cable. Oh, yeah, it used to be an actual laptop hard drive, and now it's just a little flash disk or flash drive or whatever. But um, thumb drive, that's what people call it. I don't know why I can't remember the nomenclature. But anyway, thanks for writing in. We are continually working to make our audio better. Yeah. Um, Noah was plagued with a really freaky um, bug bug in his his daw um but it sounds like he's conquered it at last so yeah you know what's weird ace regal is that i've i had the i also edit my nintendo joe podcast dojo show go using the same software and i seem to have gotten the volume totally taken care of there and it's not quite up to par yet for channel massive but i'm going to give it another go and edit this one so hopefully this one's even better thanks for letting us know and let us know you're playing in League of Legends. We, we've kind of put Channel Massive Legends on a hiatus for now. Yep. News news break, spoiler alert, whatever you want to call it. In case you're wondering, like, where the hell is the Channel Massive Legends episodes? That's where they're at. <laughs> yeah, Scott got really, really busy um, as his uh, – well, I guess we can't actually say why he's so busy, but uh, – His work is has a lot of demands on him. It's true. He's building his own General Lee from Dukes of Hazard. No, wait, no, it's work. It's work related. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, he's been very busy. And so we've kind of put it on hiatus right now. Um, 
which unfortunately for those of you who are, you know, channel massive kind of core listeners, that means we might actually talk a little bit more about League of Legends because we won't be able to help ourselves without that outlet. But we will do our best to keep it to a minimum and only be informational. Um, but in any any case, we would like to know what your uh, League of Legends username is, and uh, maybe we could meet yeah. up with you on Skype or something and play some games, man. So let us Definitely. know right in. We'd love to uh, love to, you know, give it a shot. Maybe you'll get a chance to play with the Awesome Wolf Brothers, who you've heard on this yeah. shows. They are such great guys. A lot of fun to play with as well. And Tony too. Uh, yes. If, if we can just get him to not sardonic Tony, sardonic sarcastic. Yeah, we you know today at work we were talking about the concept of creating a sarcastometer or sarcastometer, <laughs> and uh, mostly because three of us were just like saying so many bad <laughs> comments about the workplace, but it would be really cool to run it against Tony because I think it would I think we'd go into the danger zone. We'd fly into the danger zone. <laughs> Yeah, there is no insult or offense intended there. I think Tony is awesome and hilarious. Yeah. And speaking of flying into the danger zone, I think we have a uh, another uh, letter. That's right. An email from Scott in Afghanistan. So not Scott in the South, Scott in Afghanistan. Did you, did you appreciate that segue? You can tell right now this isn't my first rodeo. Yeah, we're totally pro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scott writes... Channel Massive Crew, I just finished listening to episode 169. The madness that is male eyebrow plucking is nowhere to be seen in my neck of the woods. That's not to say it isn't elsewhere in the military. What I mean by that is I am in the army, but I'm also an infantryman. Most people that Infantry. aren't aware that there is a difference think that they are the same. Most non-combat jobs in the Army are really like most civilian workplaces in many aspects, except you wear camouflage while sitting at a desk. Those guys are more of a reflection of your average everyday Joe. The infantry is different in many ways, and I won't bore you with all the details. When your only purpose in life is to engage the enemy and kill them, you end up with a very practical view on life. Pulling hair off of your forehead as a dude isn't just impractical, but really feminine, which won't fly ever, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. And by the way, this is in reference to a a previous um, podcast where we discussed the the manscaping and um what was the other what were metrosexuality <laughs> accusations of many uh troops over in Afghanistan who were able to partake of the local culture and get some grooming done at their favorite um hair salons <laughs> and so we asked we put it out there for Scott to say okay well you're actually over there active military what is this true? Are these stories true or is yeah. it totally hype? And so apparently he's qualified it. And I don't know if you want to continue, but that that's just to put it into perspective. Yeah. Authoritative answer right there. He also had some more that he wrote in too. I would have to agree with Noah on his point regarding the social aspects of MMOs being the major pool to why I play them. Ever since 1998, I've been playing those types of games starting with The Realm. What gets me to stick with an MMO is getting that small group of friends and playing with them on an almost daily basis. Free-to-play makes getting to that point so much easier. The barrier to entry is only some bandwidth to download it and time to check it out. I recently got into EverQuest 2's free server, and I'm loving it. I used to think that free-to-play meant the game was garbage, but with all these pay-to-play games going free, the bar is getting raised substantially. Newer games that come out will have to make the... 
Newer games that come out will have to make the new cut or fall to the wayside. Competition is good for growth, baby. There are good things on the horizon, and you may not have to pay a dime to partake. Scott. Yeah, wow, that's a great point. You know, we we had a pretty, well, made by we, the royal we, I had a pretty bad <laughs> take on, um, on you know, free-to-play MMOs back in the day when we first started this podcast. Oh, I was I there was with like, you. Totally Do you remember? Yeah, we were. God. Oh God! And we tried, didn't we? We yeah. tried, and then we were we were like, "Oh, this microtransaction model is pure Three cheese. Realms. These free to plays are crap." Yeah, we were not digging it. But since that time, lots of things have changed, and I have to tell you, this these free to play games are are good. I mean, they're very compelling. They're solid. They're they are in some ways. Well, I, I guess we've said before. They're kind of like what happens to the rest of the titles that aren't like not AAA, but maybe like Quadra A, you know? Yeah. I mean, really, there, there's, I mean, right now in the MMO space, there's World of Warcraft, which is its own little, I don't know, unique universe, and the upcoming uh, Star Wars, uh, The Old Republic, which I think is going to be, it's not maybe on equal footing, but it's going to be way up there, I think. Oh yeah, it's, definitely. The writing's on the wall. I mean, the hype hypometers or whatever are going to—they're already redlining right now. And and those of us who've got to see the beta are kind of going, "Oh man, yeah, this is pretty decent." So there's those two battling it out for supremacy, and then everything else is just kind of left by the wayside and has to figure out some kind of a model. And we'll we'll talk about what's going on with CCP a little later, but. Yeah, the, their quality games, they made them free-to-play. Turbine has really got it figured out with uh, Lotro and, um, you know, what they're, what they're doing with uh, – oh, what's the other one? What's the uh, D&D one? Dragons Online. I can't remember the, the colorful – what is Dungeons it? And Dungeons and Dragons, Dragons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking for some reason that it, there was more to it. Yes. Thank you, Noah. Well, now I <laughs> – now that I've disgraced myself, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just piss myself and lapse into silence. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. And with other really great games, such as Star Trek Online, Age of Conan, going free to play, and inevitably World of Warcraft has to, EverQuest 2, Vanguard, Pirates of the Burning Sea. Wait, actually, Vanguard isn't, right? Or is it? I don't even know. That's not even on my radar. <laughs> is that thing still around? For fuck's sake. I, I mean, think it is. I mean, it's either go free to play or just quietly shut down your servers and, yeah. um, you know, and then there's the superhero games. There's, um, yes. Champions, Champions Online and City, City of Heroes. Heroes. And, and speaking of, DC Universe Online is supposed to go free to play in October. And as of this recording, there's only a week left of October. There's less than a week. Rock is almost up. Yeah, they need to get on that because that is a great game. And I, I think of the three, it's, by far my favorite, so yeah. I'd love to see it just Stoked. take off. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to play it when it goes free to play. Well, and I thanks. want to get back to Star Trek Online, so yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I just want to say thanks, Scott, for not only answering yes. our question, but then bringing up a really interesting topic. So I second that, Mark. Thank you very much to the fantastic emails. We always love them. And feel free to keep sending them in to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmaster.com. Maybe you could tell us what you think of this whole mis of Pandaria and CCP that we're about to talk about. That's coming up next. 
2011. Oh, that was horrible, but I tried. That was supposed to be my um, growly, sexy, I'm going to announce Rodzilla versus Mechlore voice, but it didn't quite work out. But anyway, BlizzCon had their uh, 2011 convention called BlizzCon, as in Blizzard Convention, and um, there were some notable highlights that came from it. Noah, did, uh, did you attend this convention? No, sadly, I did not. Nor did I. Only convention this year. Yeah, I did not either. I, um, you know, uh, the year before last, I got the um, pass to it or whatever, the virtual pass or whatever. That's right. Got my polar bear mount, which I barely used, and um, I don't know. It seemed it seemed kind of cool to. Yeah, Ryan from last week, he actually took Friday off so he could just sit and watch all of the stuff virtually. And that's how you do it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, spend forty bucks. Yeah, you need to just take that time off <laughs> and lie to your family and tell them that you're deathly ill or something, so you can actually watch it at home. But um, well, it, that is if you have a family. But if you if you're just a hobo or something like that, then you, you probably need to get a ride into town and watch it at your bus stop. But anyway, um, I I don't know. I'm just making that up. I don't know what it's like to be a hobo at all. But but anyway, some things came out of BlizzCon that were interesting. Um, there's the you get Diablo three if you get an annual WoW pass um, story. For yeah, you or, get Diablo for 3 the freeze. Free. So for about hundred and eighty dollars, you can get Diablo three <laughs> without without the collector's edition cool niceties. Um, but you will get the cool um, uh, angelic mount thing. So and the I guess game is yours to keep even if you let your annual pass expire. Ah, but you have to have it for a full year. That's right, right? and it's charged on a monthly basis. Yeah, so you, if you if you so you can elect to bail and you won't be severely punished as though you had a, you know, a cell phone um contract or something. But you know where they charge you like $200 to break your contract. Yeah. But you will you will lose out on the permanent um, ability to play Diablo 3 if you do that. So you have to stick with it if you're going to do it. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Are you are you going to do this, Noah? Or are you just going to buy Diablo 3? Are you even interested <laughs> in Diablo 3? Not to put I you on the spot. And if you do answer that you won't be playing Diablo 3, it will discredit you. Oh, yeah. But, I definitely plan to play Diablo 3, especially with all you guys being all psyched about it and oh, yeah. me knowing that it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, there's the my one hesitancy or hesitance, or whatever the hell word it is that I'm trying to come up with, is we've talked about doing this type of thing before with Neverwinter Nights, right? Dungeon Siege, and other games. And it's like every time we've gone down this path, we've been like, all right, yeah. And we've played for like one or two hours, and that's the first and last time we've ever actually no. gotten together to play. <laughs> I can tell you this much. Diablo 3 will be different because... I mean, of the people that I know directly that are going to go apeshit for it, there's me, there's the all three Wolf Brothers, and then there's Ryan. So none of us are lightweights when it comes to Diablo 3. So That's right. And with more people, the more chances that whatever random time I get to play, hopefully one of you... Somebody will be on. Yeah. And I, I have to tell you, I am just... When I'm in Diablo mode, which, I mean, with Diablo 2, it was just... It was... It was oh, bad. It was like stay up till 4 a.m. and wake up asleep on my keyboard with a face that looked like a waffle. I mean, <laughs> you know, and drool. I mean, I was like, it, 
it really does suck me in more than like any other game uh, genre or game franchise for that matter. So you know, I'm I mean, sure I, there are a lot of people in the League of Legends community, even or Dota, that are similar to your perspective, and that they're yeah. all planning to jump on the Diablo three train. And I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see how that impacts those communities. Are games going to be really easy to get into? Or are they going to be a lot harder to get into? Or, or what's going to go on over there? I mean, there will never be, you know, an evacuation of the hardcore ranked players who will always be there. But the casuals, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it's true. It's going to be intense. I think. But I yeah, think I it'll, it'll definitely be impactful. No, oh, yeah, they're they're going to see. I bet. Well, what'll be good about it is it'll push. Well, for one thing, it'll push Valve to really have its Dota 2 product out there. To yeah. have something to compete, and it'll push Riot Games and Hans Developer S2 to yeah. uh, aggressively do other things to keep people interested in their games. So hopefully there will be new maps or new modes or something cool to look forward to there as well. Yeah, and we you know we got a taste of Diablo 3 last week when Ryan let us see the beta. Yeah, and it's play a beautiful it, game. And that was quite. He's on the friends and family deal with. Um, Blizzard from the beta, and it was very polished already. It was beautiful. The landscapes, the playability—I mean, it's it's looking up. It's looking to be, you know, uh, the proper successor to Diablo 2, not some kind of, you know, ah, we're gonna cash in. Sweet. <laughs> and you yeah. know what's kind of cool is that after so many years in between Diablo 2 and now of looking at World of Warcraft's cutesy, cartoony, Disney-style game world, it's cool to see such a vivid and detailed example that Valve can do realistic, serious-looking fantasy stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's true. And it, and it, is, a, it is slightly cartoonish, but not much. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's only got a more mature, darker vibe to it than World of Warcraft ever has had. Yeah, I'd Which say, you know... Which is I mean, I think that's what that's how it should be, but yeah. it's cool to see that they're... Just see their artistic skills and abilities push the limits. I mean, you you saw that already in StarCraft too, which is also a really great-looking game, but that's sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. More of a direct comparison with the fantasy tropes in play. But I'm not sure if you were implying this earlier. I don't plan to get a WoW annual pass in order to get Diablo 3. What oh, we... no, no. I was just wondering if you're going to get, like, the collector's edition <laughs> or the normal edition in Diablo 3. Well, the, I figured you'd probably do the downloadable collector's edition because the real one is, like, super expensive. So Yeah. I'm I, not I, that interested, but are, are you? Are you going to get the super collector's edition? No, and I think it's sold out already, but I was going to just do the downloadable or the, Yeah, it makes sense. It, it looks kind of cool. Um, to, I don't know. It's yeah. It. I think I want to do it for that. I'm not big on collector's editions anymore, but I think for Diablo three and Blizzard, I can make an exception, being the fanboy that I am. Uh, another item from the BlizzCon uh, news reel, I guess, is the Mists of Pandaria. So that's going to be the name of the forthcoming World of Warcraft expansion, which it's will feature true. the Pandarian. Now, the interesting thing is, um, you, you know, you you and I, we played Warcraft 3 and the expansion. Yeah. Um, the 
Pandarian wasn't the big part of any of that, right? I mean, the only time mm-hmm. I really noticed him was in Dota and all the different variants of Dota before Dota All-Stars kind of came to predominance. You know what I mean? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I knew he was there. Wasn't he like he was a mercenary a, that you could hire? Was he a store yeah, vendor or something he was, like that? I think he was like a, yeah, he was like a mer- one of those mercenary huts you could go to and you could get the panda. But it was a very minor, very, very, very minor thing. I mean, compared to some well, of the other. It's, it's something from their main concept artist who just is, I think, a furry. Because he always draws all sorts of furry type artwork in addition to his World of Warcraft stuff. And he did a, the panda character stuff as a joke. And he's such a fantastic artist. And Blizzard, having a sense of humor, is like decided to indulge him and just throw that in there. And it's just like, my, how far his little bear obsession has come. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I gotta say, I'm not too excited about this expansion. After Cataclysm, um. Which was it, really epic. Yeah, it's like, oh great, we can go from level 85 to 90. That's the level range. It's gonna be this like Island of Dr. Moreau type thing. Um, <laughs> it's, you get, there's one more, um, playable class, which will be monks, and there's gonna be a panda race, apparently. A pandarian. I, I don't know, it's just, after Kung Fu Panda is, has come out since, you know, Warcraft 3, it's kind of just cheesy to me, personally. I kind of, kind of wonder, wow, that well, was a... This totally reflects, going back to something I stated just earlier, the cartoony feel that Warcraft has, this kind of goofy sensibility that it has. And this really feels like something that's for the fans, because I think... There are a lot of truly hardcore Warcraft fans who have always been like, oh, we love the Pandaren and da-da-da-da-da. And I also think this is a play to improve the game standing or solidify it in Asia because this is a totally Asian-themed world. Right. It's like Age of Conan's expansion was very Asian-themed. I'm not sure that that really was with any grand intentions with a- to Asia. But Blizzard is trying to really grow its presence even if it's two years behind schedule in in (laughs) Asia. And I'm sure that if I were an Asian gamer, I'd be like, sweet, there's something that's actually closer to an interpretation of my culture. So that's kind of cool. Now, it's it's kind of interesting, much like the Wrath of the Leech King (laughs) mansion, there was only, like, that only added a new class, which was... A dark class, I suppose. Was it available for both Alliance and Horde? Could you oh, yeah. Death mm-hmm. Knight both? Which is just weird. And this time it's, it's also a quote-unquote unbalanced edition that there's only one new race being added. The difference being unlike Cataclysm, where you had an Cat- Alliance edition. And the Alliance and Horde edition. This one is a neutral edition. So this continent has emerged from the mists of mythology, much like Atlantis. And... Or anything from Ultima. And I think one of the producers or directors talked about, made a quote about how this game is so much more about getting back to the original conflict of Warcraft, of the Alliance versus the Horde, and the brutality of that, and the intensity of it. And we're not talking about some big sweeping giant monster coming in that everybody has to unite against, whether it's that Night Elf dude or Arthas or whatever, or Giant Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're talking about pandas, and nothing nothing says 
bring back the combat like a panda. <laughs> and so it's like they're bringing their brutal and violent war to this neutral, peace-loving Switzerland <laughs> country of pandas. <laughs> well, we dying on the finest of eucalyptus leaves or whatever. <laughs> it's like, what will happen? And it's kind of like, I don't really care. But if you're not really into the mythology and pandas and furries, there are other enhancements, including a Dungeons Challenge mode, new PvE series scenarios, a new talent system, and, very interestingly to me, at least this is my interpretation of it, a pet training and battling system. So, Previously, pets have always been aesthetic, predominantly. Yeah, they're there and they're cool. Like you know, you almost like your mount. It's it's that at least has a functional use because it, it gets you places faster. But pets like the pugs and all the cute little dragons and imps and all that crap. They were really just like elite. Check this out, stuff. Well, now you'll actually be able to train them, level them up, and have them battle other pets and even Pokemon style in the wild. If you see an animal that could be pet trained, you can battle that pet into submission and then it will become one of your pets and then you can start training that one up and having a balance stuff. And to me, what I was getting at earlier is I feel like this is kind of a way that WoW is trying to offer something unique in response to the Old Republic's companion system. Right. Really in depth addition that really affects the story and it looks so cool because it's like, well, I'm going to be in the ship. Who am I going to have on the ship with me? Who am I going to take with me on this mission? I'm going to get story aspects that I won't get if I don't take this person. And this is definitely not peer to peer. It's not directly comparable, but it does add a depth to a game that has often been single player. You can right. single player, solo play through this game until the end game, essentially, if you wanted to. And now you'll have a little buddy that has, that brings some extra depth and complexity to the world. It's not so much you. And your friends and then the NPCs. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely kind of an overdue concept for the game, I think. Especially because, you know, the newest uh, Star Wars, The Old Republic, kind of just has that companion thing just really, really rocking. I mean, so it'll be interesting. Um, yeah. But, Are you but I, don't, I don't know. It might be the first <laughs> the one fence. where I... Don't, it might be the first one that I just don't go for right off the bat. I don't know. It depends on what happens between here and now, if I get back into WoW or not. You know, lately I just haven't I, – I, I go to play a game and it just doesn't uh, doesn't get me going right now. So I don't know. We'll see. So what is cool, I think, in conclusion, is comparing this BlizzCon to last year's BlizzCon, this one is a lot more substantial. There were a lot of updates about the new StarCraft II expansion – Heart of the Swarm, and some big changes they're making to buffing up Zerg units that Ryan is like, what the hell are they, do- are they doing? This is going to totally decimate my Terran strategies. But then I was reading some other stories about it, and it's like, yeah, well, Terrans have always been kind of the best race and most adaptable, always. And so that's why they're buffing up these Zerg units uh, that are going to be really tough to deal with if you're a Terran. Unless right. they're expensive to deal with. You have to buy all these detectors and all this other stuff. So they announced that. They announced a new expansion for World of Warcraft, which has a lot of content in it, a lot to it, a new race, new continent, new game modes. And they talked about Diablo 3 and this new WoW annual pass. A lot more content than last year's Demon Hunter class reveal. <laughs> Diablo yeah. 3. And I'm sure there was more, but that's all that I really remembered. So this was a pretty cool BlizzCon. 
I'd be interested to hear if any of our listeners did the virtual pass thing or just followed it for free like the rest of us and hear right. what you guys think. And just to note, in case you didn't catch up on all this news, much as with Diablo 3, there's not a release date for Mists of Pandaria, and there's no pricing for the expansion or the WoW Annual Pass. Or I'm not even sure if there's a date, official date release for WoW Annual Pass to be out there. So, Or for Diablo 3, no official date. So there's a lot of question marks, but it's a lot of substantial content. So let us know what you think. Yes, please. Send yeah. it into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmaster.com. I wonder if some of our listeners are, if we still have those listeners that played with us long, long ago in the Creeping Darkness Guild, if they're still out there playing World of Warcraft and if they're looking forward to this or not. Oh, yeah. Kanker. That would be awesome to hear if anyone is still around. <laughs> Let us know. We look forward to it. Yep. Up next, we're going to talk about the developer of EVE Online, CCP, and its current challenges. So just over a week ago, news broke that CCP, which I can't remember what that stands for. <laughs> it stands for something. It does. It stands for oh, justice. It stands for crowd control productions <laughs> of all <laughs> things. So CCP, the esteemed developer of EVE Online, which is a miraculous MMO that continues to thrive today, miraculous in that it's such a distinctly different gameplay model that is very difficult for some, but just completely intoxicating for others. And in spite of how different and different it is from what you would expect from an MMO, it still continues to do really well, but unfortunately not well enough because CCP is having to downsize 20% of its staff. The company currently has, or previously had about 600 people, so that would mean over 100 people are getting laid off. So where are these cuts coming in? You may wonder, like, well, is EVE Online going down the tubes? Well, apparently it's not. As you know, they just launched Dust514, which is an online FPS MMO-type game that, well, it's an online multiplayer arena something, blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> that uh, directly impacts missions that are going on in the much more strategic and spreadsheet-driven EVE Online game. So it's really cool. It's like this symbiotic relationship between two totally different games to, game styles. And both those games are apparently doing well. And EVE Online in particular is, quote, in good health, even though it did lose some subscribers this summer. So that leaves... The big merger that you might have forgotten that occurred back in 2006, CCP merged with White Wolf back in November of 2006. And part of that agreement was White Wolf was going to make an RPG, traditional pen and paper RPG based off of EVE. And CCP, in turn, was going to make an MMO based off of White Wolf's World of Darkness, which, incorpor- which right. encompasses Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf, Mage, all those really awesome RPG, pen and paper RPG games that several of us have had the wonderful pleasure of playing in the past. And specifically, World of Darkness was going to focus on Vampire the Masquerade. There have been a couple single-player RPGs that were released in the past based around Vampire, but this would be an MMO. And particularly of note, and something that would mean that I would really want to see, is the game will, quote, 
focus on player politics and social interaction, which was always really cool about vampire with all the different strains of vampires and how they interacted. That was what I thought was so fascinating about it. So I'm talking about all this because that's where the majority of the cuts are occurring. White Wolf is based, I think, in Georgia, in Atlanta, and apparently right. a majority of the cuts are occurring in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> so that means that, that that doesn't mean the World of Darkness MMO is being outright canceled, but the way CCP put it is that the game is going to be continuing development with a much smaller team. But let's think about this. Do the math. They've hypothetically been working on this since 2006. It's right. five years later. It's almost to the to the month. It's five years later. And we still haven't seen anything about this game. Yeah, it's kind of mind-boggling. It sounds like a boondoggle, really. Like, I mean, oh. Age of was developed in five years. World of Warcraft was developed in five years. I mean, they were obviously serious about the whole White Wolf acquisition thing. I mean, it's it's similar to what um, Cryptic did with uh, the Champions um, uh, franchise. Remember that? Yeah, I can't when they it. bought, when, I can't remember either. But when they they acquired them just because they needed the IP because Marvel bailed on their their uh, original game. It's like they were very serious, but yet at some point they just, I guess they decided they had to make some cutbacks to stay profitable. Yeah, they said that. In short, they said their their explanation was that their resources are stretched too thin to handle support of Eve Online. And now Dust514 and develop a brand new MMO on the side. If they were like a team of 100 people, I could understand that. But 600 people? Yeah. It's just sad. I yeah. really, I really hate to see that. CCP, you know, we've, we've covered them for years. And when we first, um, I don't know, we, I guess we all kind of tried to play even, it didn't, for, <laughs> maybe for Jason, it, it was, a, a bigger hit than for anyone else in Channel Massive, but it was never something that I just, you know, had dreams of, oh, as soon as I get off work, I'm going to run home, throw the family to the side and play some Eve all night. You know, it wasn't that game <laughs> for me, certainly, and I don't think for Noah it was either. It never hit that combination that makes you just want more. And not, not for me. Although, you know, I like the setting quite a bit and I love what they've done with it. It's not my game particularly, but CCP has kind of always been like the darling of the MMO developers because they started with the, you know, they started out with what there was their attempt at a AAA title. It didn't go over as well as they wanted. They kept quietly adding features, working, um, cultivating their community, um, you know, working really well with them from a community management point of view. And, and, and slowly the numbers were rising and they were becoming more profitable and everything was looking really good. And then all of a sudden we see this, you know, here three, four years later and it's just kind of really sad because I really wanted to see what they could do in another MMO and a maybe even more traditional, uh, MMO style and to have that put off. And I never really had interest in the whole dust thing, but to see that, you know, delayed or possibly canceled, even though they don't want to say it, um, to see their, their staff of 600 take a 20% uh, layoff. That, that's, that's big. That's huge. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, in Iceland, right? I mean, I, I think. Yeah. They're, they have what, base, both, they're both in Reykjavik and Atlanta. It would be interesting to know if their economist 
is one of the people that they're letting go. <laughs> do, you, do you remember him? He was like the That's statistician right. guy. It was coming up with all the because they really felt that they needed that kind of level of uh, skill to manage the economy of Eve Online. Yeah, it's so complex. Yeah, when I think of a complicated MMO, I think of Eve Online. Yeah, there's no other more complicated. I don't think. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're into. This is your perfect game. Uh, and the, the company's official statement about World of Darkness, the, the the official line is: "World of Darkness lives on. Its concepts are revolutionary. CCP continues to believe that it will alter the landscape of the MMO as significantly as Eve has done." But we need more time to continue to develop them before de- dedicating the substantial resources required to bring this experience to market. So it sounds to me like they have a lot of great ideas, but they can't figure out how to make it work. Either right. The Eve formula, or they're just not comfortable with anything that's not the Eve formula, or is right. straightforward as an FPS, which is what Des 514 is. So it's like, like, wow, great ideas. Still can't figure out five years later how to execute them. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're just spinning our wheels, burning money, paying all these people money for something that still hasn't launched. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, It's sad. I really hope it does come to be. I mean, between this fiasco and the ongoing fiasco between Bethesda and Interplay about Fallout Online. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's these really cool MMOs that could come out that you just don't know if they're going to make it. At least... Funcom's Secret World is still going full steam ahead. It's due to come out, I think, first quarter or second quarter of next year. has 500,000 people registered for the beta, so Funcom's pretty excited because this is even more of the people than were signed up for Age of Conan's uh, beta. Oh, yeah. Are you are you signed up? I know I am. Yes. Yeah. I, am, and I am in the Templar, as I wanted to be. Righteous judgment with guns. <laughs> I think I can't remember which one I'm in. I it was there's also the clear who's all corporate driven and machine guns. And then there's the chaotic, uh, I'm the chaotic guys. Yeah. The, the Korean ones. I can't remember. Yeah. That's me. I'm Korean style. Or something with an M maybe. I don't know. So yeah, yeah. we wish, well, I don't know. I, I really hope that CCP can get it stuff figured out or the dust Five Fourteen becomes some big, bigger success than what it is. And, allows them to dedicate more resources because say, you know what? White Wolf honored its part of the bargain. It released a card game and even an expansion and all of it's actually vanished from yeah. it as of 2009. That's it came and did it. Now granted developing a card game is a lot simpler than a full MMO, but it's just like, come on, it's such a cool property for the love of God. Let this happen. Please. <laughs> One last detail, totally not related, but related to something earlier they were talking about. There is a launch date official launch date for DC Universe Online free-to-play, November 1st, so missing their window by one day. Mm, we will have to hold this against them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not that far away. Really close. I think it's like next Tuesday, so. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Wonders. I'm going to have to play. That's going to be fun. That's a good game. Yeah, Eric is all excited about us getting back into that game. Good. No, like, you know, fun. I could get it on PS3 and play it with a controller because I really loved playing it with the controller at E3. Right, it's right. Like, Don't you dare do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the path to madness. Do yeah. not do that. So, listeners, let us know what you think about the CCP situation. Are you completely happy with EVE Online? Or are you sad about 
World of Darkness getting another obstacle thrown in its way, or do you have you written it off? Or maybe yep. you're all about Dust 514. Or maybe you're like, screw that, I'm going to play DC Universe Online next week, and I don't care about anything else. Let or, us know. Or, or, or? Or maybe I'm just going to sign up for that year of WoW and play some Diablo. For- <laughs> <laughs> you know there's going to be somebody out there that does that, where they pay however much it's going to be, play World of Warcraft for like a week, and then really all they do is play Diablo. Right. <laughs> At a very greatly increased price point. But yeah. Hey, it's yeah. your money, it's your choice. <laughs> there always has to be weak members of the herd so that the rest of us can live. So yes. thank you for that. We appreciate you. And listeners, that is all for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Mark, thank you very much for fun conversations. You too, man. It was good. Even though we weren't uh, we weren't actually physically in the same location, we were remote this this evening. Yeah. So if you heard some audio quality issues, you know who to blame. Noah. <laughs> yeah. So thanks again as always for subscribing and listening to us. Leave us an iTunes review. Let us know what you think. We look forward to hearing from you. And we will be back next week with episode 172 with special guest star Daenerys, Daenerys. Stormborn. Yes. <laughs> She'll bring her Yes. Mother. Oh, we just spoiled it for someone. That's okay. I'll leave that out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good job. Right. Well done. All right. Well, it's time for some lol. All right. Best podcast in the world. I played World of Warcraft for 10 years. If I can play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself. Massive? Blizzard Entertainment, why are we come out with Diablo 3? I want to know. I signed up for the beta. I never got an email. It's like they don't even care. I have really good things to say about that game. I read about it in Game Informer. So I came here to tell you I want Diablo 3 to come up with it up. 